everybody. It's LOI Central with Dan and Johnny. You're very welcome along. It's season seven, the seven-year itch, as Dan has just said, of LOI Central. And uh, Dan McDonald and Johnny Ward here are absolutely thrilled to be back uh, for season seven. And we would not be able to do this uh, without our sponsors. And yet again this season, we have Future Ticketing, um, our longtime sponsors at this stage. They're absolutely thriving now, thanks to the League of Ireland and a few other uh, big jaunts as well. And, of course, Collar and Cuff. And um, we have a bit of exciting news on that, Dan, actually. You, you put up... a. It's on I mean, Instagram like, story. I mean, we've got a, they're, they're they're giving us a voucher for the best mailbag question today. Like, is that, That's exciting. Oh, it's exciting yeah. enough, but in fairness to Decky, I don't think he'd be saying like this is unbelievably exciting news. Like it's it's a voucher. We're very happy to be mm. able to offer it, but like you know, it's just a little little gesture to our to our listeners. I think they had quite a few um, LOI Central listeners in, so you know, get your get your free shirt with your suit or whatever. Yeah. People, a lot of people are even going to weddings and. Various things, like, mm. you know, you'd plan them for over the off season, wouldn't you? If you were, um, are you looking at? Are you looking at me? I wasn't looking at <laughs> you. I, I mean, how was your? How was your? A lot of people want to know, like, how was your off season yourself? Off season. Did you winter well? I think this was. A, we should mention we've uh, our two guests there, Mark Roster and John Martin. We'll have a really good preview later on. I, I think this was a short off season. This felt very short. I does that. I don't know if Qatar, that's a good or a bad. Qatar, well, see, I I feel that because I mean I was in Qatar for five weeks, and as a result, of, but like anyone who got into the World Cup as well, they might engage with it differently than they might to the Premier League potentially, and like that brought you all the way up to twentieth of December. And then it's Christmas, and then all of a sudden you're into everyone's back training. You're into January, so. Mm. But that's a very personal experience. We did have a few queries. Um, can we? Do you want to explain what happened with our Christmas special? We discussed doing. Uh, Actually, you're just. I feel like I went. I feel like I was watching the Father Ted Christmas special over Christmas. <laughs> funnily enough, and it did remind me. No offense. I mean, it is obviously offensive of the scene when Ted remembers he forgot to do a funeral. <laughs> it's, like, <laughs> it's okay. I've left Eagle in charge of it, and I feel like our Christmas special. I was in Brown. Along similar lines. I was in Brown Thomas probably on the twenty fourth of December, and I ended up in the lingerie section. <laughs> like I actually, I I can't really explain how this happened. Do you know actually what it was? I was down to do Chris Kendall for my sister, and she said, "Just get me these fucking leggings or something." No, they weren't like um, they were just <laughs> leggings. But I I started doing your man's like very boring voice and doing a few like videos of it. But I thought my impression wasn't that great, so these women just saw me like kind of talking into my phone around <laughs> lingerie. But my impression wasn't great, so it's just on my phone and it hasn't seen the light of day. I, that was my fault anyway about the Christmas special. Yeah, the Christmas special didn't happen. <laughs> but listen, that was a good story. The funeral! <laughs> why, why didn't we do one on the 24th of December from the Brown Thomas lingerie section? Um, um, but yeah, yeah we'll, it'd be a we'll, bit classy, all right. Yeah, well, no, that's it. Um, I mean, what a grim experience, by the way. Brown Thomas for Christmas shopping it doesn't get worse. Oh my God, like... Didn't uh, whatever I was probably worse hoping. if you can't afford to go to Brown Thomas. I would say no, and I, I, yeah, of course, they were sold out of whatever it was. It wasn't laundry, by the way. I wasn't getting my <laughs> sister laundry. Um, but uh, no, yes. the Christmas special didn't happen. No I, I didn't. Here. I, I'm not sure. I had the. Um, I, I, it's been a strange off season. I've, I've kind of you went to Toronto. Went to Toronto. Went to Toronto. Is it climate, accept- climate, let climate, me know. Climate, carbon neutral. Let me know when it's acceptable to to slag you about your trip to Toronto. Is it okay? Um, in fairness, it was a gift for um, my, yeah. my missus, but uh, you're not going to get a boat to Toronto, are you? No. No, no, no. no. 
Um, bit of a last minute. It's twelve degrees there today, um, which is good because it should be about naught. But anyway, um, last minute dot com trip wasn't it? It was. Yeah, <laughs> supposed to go to the states. Went to Toronto today. Did I meet? Met a, met a met a brother of a mate of yours. A couple of kind of yeah, um, yeah a couple of connections over there. No real League of Ireland connections, I think. But um, yeah, anyway, it didn't happen. But here we are. We're back. Yeah, no, no yeah. you've glossed over um, your, your why you didn't go to America. We might tease that out across the season. If you are interested, you can uh, you can send us. Yeah. Send us queries via the mailbag, uh, which I think we might just move on to now, Johnny, because we've uh, we've a lot to get through. We and do. In fairness, our listeners um, have touched on a lot of bases that we need to cover on. So let's just go to our first mailbag of the season. Hey, what's the time? It's mailbag time. A big bag of electronic letters. There's a lot of bases covered, as we mentioned, in various ways. Tales from Eastam, Pod, Shamrock Rovers, Pod. Makes a relevant point. The main talking point should be the growing po- crowds and popularity of the league and is there a plan going forward from the FAI to satisfy the demand of the increasingly growing away sport that would be locked out of grounds due to the lack of infrastructure? Yeah, so here we are. I mean, the league is starting again um, this week, as we know. Um, we have sold-out games already. We have some Pats against Derry sold out. Uh, the Kerry game, um, We'll, we'll touch on Kerry, I think, again mm. um, across the season. I am going down there this week. I'm looking forward to it. You know, the Kerry Cove Ramblers game sold out. I'm guessing other games are going to come close. Um, and we have this issue now where there's no doubt, like, the the post-COVID boom of crowds held up. Like, it held up till the end of last season. In Harp season tickets are very good. They got relegated. You know, yeah, like, the, there's, 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 there's good things going on. But it is, it is true that, like, there comes a point where you realise, like, we're throwing so many... Uh, turning so many people away um, from games, and in some ways that's great because that increase, are we though Dan? that increases the sense of demand. Absolutely, I mean Kerry could have been sold three times over. Yeah, but that's what they, like apparently their season ticket sales are. There are still season yeah, okay. Like, this is an outlier. It's, it's away, a first. No, it's a no, first game. Johnny, Bows turned away. Like Bows have now opened up a new stand. Um, the mono stands. Mono stand. The, the, that's a, the Shamrock Rovers question because I, I'm guessing it's because there's reduced allocations like for. They want to go to Sligo this week, so only a certain amount can go. Mm. That'll be the case in Bowes this season. I mean, they've introduced a new stand, which is great. They've managed to get something done. Again, like our standards are so low in the league, you get excited about the most, you know, trivial, you know, things mm. that unfortunately are pretty standard elsewhere. Um, but won't like, be a fair, problem in but Cork. F- but fair play to them for doing it. Um, and not being down on it, but like you know, so it's I mean what restricted to four hundred away fans, four hundred and fifty away fans in daily amount all year. Like there are weeks where you're turning a lot of people away. Mm. And, um, you, you know, uh, there's a lot of comments in here and you get a lot of this stuff, right, across the mailbag. So, uh, you know, lack of promotion of the league around the President's Cup, FEI doing nothing to build up hype. There's a lot of comments about that. Someone pointed out, is this the lowest key build up to the season? Um, and I'm guessing that's a that's related to, uh, I don't know, the lack of, like, general fanfare. I mean, there was a launch last week. I know you were away at the time, Um and it was in the, the city hall and as a media event, like it was fine. It was loads of people there. You got to speak to loads of people. But it did strike me that they had no real centerpiece speech. You know, the Jonathan Hill, the FIC CEO, wasn't there. Um for whatever reason. Mark Scannell had done a thing a couple of weeks previously, and I think the thinking was they wanted this day to be about you know, the players mm. and the clubs and, and Scanlon did his thing a couple of weeks back where he did deal with um various, you know, queries about prize money or whatever it might be but it did strike me that at the launch they actually had nothing to announce <laughs> they had nothing mm-hmm. to announce it was just like they, they, they sort of there was a vague thing sent out that day about this is the biggest league of ireland season ever um 
which is a bit like you know a, a tv station saying this is our you know this is our biggest you know biggest spring collection our biggest season ever and our having biggest nothing to back it up necessarily well i mean this is the problem yeah. you're, not, you're not announcing increased prize money like you're not mm. announcing um the completion of like say the facilities audit or 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 some headline to, to, to signpost the new season is here like here's something that's happening there obviously changes have happened around LOI TV the season passes back um, and the minimum wages come in in the off season um, there's, there's been other things happening it's not that there's nothing happening but in some ways it was a little bit of a subdued event because there was a sense of okay in terms of a lot of the big stuff the big announcements well the money isn't going up the TV deal is still the same Um it's as you were like here, here comes the football and um that is like to me just like a, a, it's a, it's it's we want everything to happen yesterday i suppose and somewhere there's an impatience but you'd like to get to a point where again a lot of concerns people would have now is that the league is growing at a certain rate but it's not growing at other rates and it can't one price can't, one, one, one can't keep up with the other yeah. you know and i i do think it's worth mentioning the fact that like now you have capacity issues at times. That's great. Like it's a better complaint to have than the alternative. Um, and you know, for example, like I think Shamrock Rovers is such a success story in the sense of um, like about four thousand season tickets sold this year. I think their average attendance as recently as twenty sixteen was maybe what two and a half thousand. Incredible. And people might have thought, and it's, this is something such a narrow way of thinking, it's such an unambitious way of thinking. It's like, well, why do you need a third stand? Because they're they don't they'll never they, and fill that it. was thought. And mm. now, like they're, they've got a fourth stand coming mm. in. Um, and I think probably at times this season they'll be able to to justify that and get certain games probably up to around eight eight and a half thousand people. Now, big away supports will probably help them with that. Um, but it's a very Dublin centric. Um, yeah, but I think in terms, well. but I think in terms of of other clubs, I think you, you have to drive home that point. I think at Bowes at times in recent years could have had five thousand people at home games, and they've they've had half that mm. so um or a little bit more than half that so i i think that is is a valid point and, and that's why I, I celebrate the sellouts in some ways but then they're also a reflection of like speaking to people in Kerry, they definitely could have sold three times but there's what's going to be there this week mm. so you're not giving them and it's very possible that actually that will deflate after the excitement of the first game yeah, I, I, it's going to be harder for them to compete but why then like you know, it's it's for it's just a little bit of a bugbear. Nothing on them. They've worked really hard, I think, to even get that facility up to speed. But it's just a classic Irish thing. Um, just one thing on the mono stand. Like it's just, <laughs> um, it's a lovely terrace, as you mentioned. It'll be nice behind the goal. It's just gone up in no time at all. It's like it can be done, even in this time of like building Christ and all that. They got that up so fast. They did. And listen, I mean, it's it's a right. It's a bandage on a wound in mm. a way. Like it's but it would it would function as an away a, stand in behind other the goal. Places. Absolutely. Oh, you like, can imagine sticking um, that in. Okay, I don't know the planning. Terryland, for example, but like, like but you know, Oriel Park, you mm. know, probably various grounds where there's nothingness behind goals. Mm. You can imagine something like that. I mean, I think like you know, as I said, all credit to Bowes for getting it done. Like you said, of a situation there, where I don't think they're going to be. As far as I know, I think it'd be very hard to see any games in RTE from Bowes this year. Cause yeah, of the gantry situation there, um, and you still have like half the ground out of use. So it's I'm wary of celebrating small victories that 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 should be. A given, you know, that our couple, yeah. of, as I said, they're taking it on board. Other clubs aren't even doing anything as regards this. But like, you know, it's it's it, it's funny though. Like I was, I uh, 
I, you know, the, the little things you get excited about. I know I rattle on about like facilities and all these things in the participation agreement that they don't even seem to follow up on, even basic press stuff that you just laugh it off. Like I did, um, I was on to someone at Pat's last week, and I was probably asking it sort of half ironically, going, Any word on the Wi Fi for this year? And it's like, No, it's going to be in for the first game of the season. So, like, maybe, I mean, that's how where we are celebrating Wi Fi as a big uh, advance in 2023. But hopefully, like, maybe that uh, the FBI are being a little bit stricter on clubs who just get like a pass on that'd be grand that'd be grand yeah, that'd be grand. Like, the, like the facilities audit right this big facilities yeah. audit has now been subsumed into a national facilities audit so all the grassroots clubs and I understand there's probably an element of that getting that together to go funding and look for funding you need to be able to show you're doing a bit of everything but um, again like the, the, the you would have thought that the focus on the league grounds Every time lost, every bit of time lost is is yeah is, is damaging. I, I, I think there definitely needs to be a massive campaign to get some betting money into football, like across the spectrum in Ireland. And I think that may well come into fruition. I think there's a, um, a groundswell of opinion now that um, money bet on football, the money from that should not be going into greyhound racing, which is um, possibly a dying sport or whatever else. Um, and I've worked for I've worked for doing the dogs in recent times, and I enjoy night the dogs. But if you're telling me that somebody putting a hundred quid on Liverpool against Man United, that money should not go into football. Um, I pff, yeah, I yeah, just it's don't bad. Think. I think the, the, um, there's no doubt because when the prize money is that bad, we do need avenues of money. And if you're chasing the European dream, we'll talk about this in the second half of the show. But the the, the clubs that are probably unlikely to make Europe this year they're in a bit of a limbo like so like how do we make money because we're not going to make prize money we're not going to get into Europe we don't want to get relegated but we have to keep up with the big teams and that's a challenge because your revenue streams are limited when there's no prize money worth talking about and, and it is really extraordinary and we're both obviously you're steeped in horse racing like for work and I'm like a massive racing fan yeah like bizarrely one of the offshoots of the state funding that's received is that a lot of this ends up going around and going into prize money Mm. in for racing in Ireland which as you know 50% of the prize money in Irish horse racing is government funded yeah which as you know like the, a lot of the prize a lot of the way horse racing is now particularly at the upper end of the scale mm. is dominated by a small mm. number of privileged owners mm. you know who um, who are now collecting a lot of sort of uh, funds and then you know, you, you think of people who invest in Irish football and obviously lose a lot of money in a lot of cases. But um, imagine, you know, like th- there is actually a case for putting up the prize money um, on the basis of, of totally. what, what happens we in other down? sports. We will need to rattle through some of these quickly. Hefty kebab tray, good name. Uh, left field prediction, Rovers don't finish in top two. I presume it's Shamrock Rovers. Mm, not so sure about that. Um, honky chunk. We'll talk about, we'll maybe go into the title race more with the lads. How far can Afalabi, Jonathan Afalabi, go this season if he stays fully fit as Jonathan Afalabi at Bowes there's definitely a bit of a chat around a lot of people that um, Afalabi's had a half decent pre-season and that he arrived last season just at a bad time and he could be a player and he could be one to look out for mm. this season he's like he's got the, the pedigree definitely Pat Mitchell can you clarify if Bray head coach Ian Ryan is eligible for the manager of the year award at the end of the season as he's a head coach of course <laughs> head coach Pat Devlin's the head of football um, I don't know. I think I've hit my quota of Ian Ryan talking points for now. Um, we're only, in, we're only uh, 20, 10 minutes yeah. into the season, in fairness. Uh, predictions. Draw to the finish. Mark Walsh, draw to the finish below UCD. Johnny Kenny, top goal scorer. Derry to finish outside of the top tr- two. And then there's a similar comments about uh, people expecting Johnny Kenny and Colin Whelan at uh, Derry to be sort of big players yeah. this year. I mean, there is yeah. definitely. 
a younger striker angle. Um, totally, yeah. And like, I, I wish Colin Whelan the best, obviously, in his recovery. And uh, that's going to be very interesting. I mean, the President's Cup, I thought it was soporific stuff, really. It was, uh, you know, it was hard to. I had it on the. I had it streaming on the TV and I found it hard to. I yeah, actually was so. I was vaguely interested in it by the second half. Um, not much to learn from that, but um, Rovers have competition for places up front, obviously. Yeah, surprised they haven't signed a keeper. Yeah, that's one thing I would would surprise me. I mean, I know Paul's made a bad mistake, but I'm I am surprised they haven't signed a keeper. Yeah, anyway. yeah. I mean, I don't know what what actually is happening there. I mean, it wouldn't be a massive surprise if the they're obviously waiting to do the right one because mm. you you want to get a long term number one. You would have thought like if you bring in a half decent one in the summer, who's going to be number two for the rest of the year. In reality, like was your what's best long term number profile? one stay for me seventeen back in the day. Oh. That was that was. I remember in school. I, Weeks I, on end. I, I, Shakespeare's sister did a stay as well. Did they? Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Probably yeah. my favorite stay. Yeah, stay of execution. Are you thinking of stay another day? Was that yeah. the seventeen one? Yeah, well, Shakespeare's sister stay another day. It's quite haunting. It's like they're sort of uh, yeah. in this do, dark. Do, 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 do. It's like it's like an early nineties vibe. Like a sort <laughs> of uh, I don't know, a sort of uh, felt curtains yeah. and like you know everyone dancing around this. Is this a dead body? Is it not? It's sort of haunting. half the people listening have no idea what we're talking about. Uh, now. You can look Hopefully. it up and you young. Can Look audience. It up, look it up on YouTube. Johnny obviously. Kenny and all the lads. <laughs> <laughs> look it up on, uh, on YouTube. A uh, lot of references to Johnny declaring the year over. Uh, the title is over. Uh, Anwar Gouda, enjoy his uh, his tweets. The curse of the multi-year deal. When are clubs going to stand yeah. up front about the length of contract, whether it's loan or Parma, and how much is What involved. is that about, by the way? Like the multi-year thing, I think it was both that started that. It's a bit of a joke. Like, multi? What the hell is multi uh, like? It's more than multi-pack. one. Multi-pack. Yeah. More than one. So what is it then? Like, if you got it, if you if you could jump in, you get the old multi-pack of like, yeah. the boxes of cereal back yeah. in the day. We'd have, like, rice Yeah, goes, terrible for the climate. If you got a multi-pack and there was two in it, you'd be yeah. absolutely shafted. You'd be gutted. Yeah. But most of these multi-year deals are two-year deals. Yeah. Multi. Actually, get a multi, you know, like the small cans of Coke, there was two in it. Yeah. You bring it back. You go to the cash and carry and you go crazy. Yeah. But uh, I believe Bowes are responsible for this and everyone is just taking on, taking yeah, on board. Yeah, no, I'm not having it. I, I, I mean, you would enjoy the MLS full disclosure. Mm. Uh, wages, everything. But in this league, it'd be, uh, be fascinating. Particularly some of the ones in the first division. Um, <laughs> cash, you know, amateur. Inverted to come with all the amateur players. It's like, oh, you were full-time last year and you've suddenly signed as an amateur. You're, yeah. you're a to be no change in your lifestyle. <laughs> what is happening here? You're still broke. But like, oh, nothing happening here. You know, there's there's like a lot of chat about various places. Um, I think there's actually one club in particular where I think they've had issues with uh, this the minimum wage is obviously brought in players being paid in pre-season, mm. for example. Um, and again, like clubs are are dealing with financial issues. Um, and I know it's a tough market for them. I've sympathy for the clubs. I've sympathy for clubs to a point, but if you're if amateur players are taking cash, it's a dodgy. It's a grey area. It's a grey area. Dodgy road. And it's not like it. You know, people. T- you can't get in a pedestal then and start talking about your standards and professionalism if that's happening. Mm. Now again, it comes back to the basic funding issues and problems in the league and teams trying to run a lot of teams. I, I do have sympathy for them, but. Um, yeah, I think um, if you try and cut too many corners, you know, and tell players, you know, take a, take a bit of cash here, there, why not? It's not helping anyone in the mm. longer term. I appreciate these lads are earning smaller money. It's not like the Premier Division players, at the bigger clubs, they get taxed back at the end of their career. You know, anyone at that stage who who, who undeclares income is just killing themselves mm. in the long run. Um, but I mean, there's there's countless tales, anecdotes. Everyone knows it. I, I think people in the league know it. 
do you want to fight that battle? Are you, are you afraid of like you peel back that? What do you see? Um, but that's that's obviously something that is, that is happening. Um, there's loads here. Um, Ismisha on shot. You didn't really touch on it last season, but nobody has really addressed how Damien Duff has got inside our heads. Uh, Derry fan. Might be slightly ironic tone here. Even now on Valentine's Day, I'm tweeting about him instead of having my Marks and Spencer's meal for one. That's you know, nice. Yeah, I yeah. see. I, I think Donald Green was joking as well. A prediction that Damien Duff to uh, to quit. Uh, you know, quit after five games. Or I think it was someone else. Was it uh, Jerry who said that? Like, I feel like the year is twenty forty one. Shells have started the season badly. Don't people, fancy Duffer. People are still saying, I think yeah. Duff's going to walk here." Yeah. It's a bit like the Gary Keller. Gary Keller is going to pull the money. Gary Keller is going to pull. It's going to pull out of Pats. Mm. And like after like what sixteen years, you think maybe you give yeah. him a little bit of credit? You know, um, he might stick around for a while it, longer. It's a challenging season for Duff because like that challenge to get into the top four, I think is going to be very very difficult for uh you know, but at the same time, the, it, anecdotally, it seems the draw to have very little money this season. Uh, UCD yeah. obviously are there, so I, I this would be my concern this season that you'll have a slew of clubs that are basically in, in a bit of a no man's land, no man's land, and they're not necessarily um overly motivated in, this, in terms of this, maybe the last third of the season. But we're not going to get into Europe. We're not going to get relegated. Bit of a concern for me. I, I, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I suppose what you would say is the last third of the season, you generally do have the cup. And mm. um, I, I know what you're saying, but um, like I suppose last winter we had so much transition in terms of manager changes. You would feel there hasn't been as much of that at the top end this year. Mm. So it's hard to see some of those clubs regressing, and that's obviously a concern. I think with, with Duff, there's no doubt with Shells that the, the Sport Republic um, investment not happening was a massive blow. Yeah. Um, there's been... Probably going to write more about this, I suppose, in due course. But like, there's, there's, there's obviously behind the scenes. I think there's been some again in to commas restructuring. You know, some people have left positions, and you'd be just a little bit worried about what might happen with shells if they don't produce investment. Now, Drawd are looking for investment. I think they were thinking about going full time this year. That hasn't happened. I think just talks ongoing. Maybe UCD surviving gives people a little bit of insulation in a sense to feel okay. Uh, you know, do you, do no, you, maybe. Do, yeah, well, I know. And like, yeah. there's a reference to Andy Moyer working in North America. I mean, they're, yeah. they're going to be written off roundly again this year because they've mm. lost more players from last season. Yet, I think, in some ways, people probably think, well, we can finish ahead of them. And so then you're not going to get relegated automatically. Mm. And I think that's obviously the, the dangerous line of thinking. I think if Waterford had come up, it would have put a lot more of the squeeze maybe on somebody's clubs. But um, I think Shells, uh, from everything I'm hearing, like need to generate some investment from somewhere. What else um, we got then? So um, what else did we want to touch on here? Kevin, what's the sell-on clause both have for Evan Ferguson if Brighton ever sold him? There is a sell-on clause. I'm not 100% sure of the size of it. But it does exist, and it could become a um, very valuable piece of uh, a valuable thing to hold. Which, I just hope. How long was he at Bowes? Like, well, he was affiliated to them with Kevin. With Kevin, like, he, like he was there for. Um, like, he, I'm mean, going to think about it. Like, he the the, the the Chelsea game. He was 14. Was 2019. He his last game for Bowes was the under 17 final in Christmas 2020. So okay. he was there for yeah. a long enough period of time. Now I wouldn't be yeah. Wouldn't be going to end that, uh, that that could um, that could be very interesting. Yeah, that yeah, could be interesting. And, like in the past, um, first first time we flagged interesting in the yeah. year. Um, like what you will happen, what will happen sometimes, and Bowes didn't do it. Matt Doherty. Um, but if it, if a club senses something might be coming, they might come and try and buy the clause. 
mm. of um, buy the club. So they'll come to Bowes and make them an offer um, and say, you know, we'll, we'll give you like three million for this or whatever. And then you see the player it's gone for like sixty million, and you, you and a multi-year deal. So they've got to um, they've got to hold firm on that because obviously it will be very tempting. My girlfriend was saying last night I was watching the Chippy Brady documentary. Do Ireland have anyone of that kind of caliber nowadays? It was like. No, but maybe Evan Ferguson will be good. Who knows? I don't think. <laughs> other than that, maybe Bazunu. Who knows? Yeah, yeah but who, I don't think so. Uh, Brian Dorney, uh, Usher. I presume he means Darbert Usher as opposed to <laughs> R&B artist yeah. Usher. Wants us, to number fin- wants us to finish mid-table, but our squad hasn't improved enough. It would be great if it was actually... <laughs> Usher We could <laughs> so, do with some High profile League of Ireland It's like event. one of those Like uh, those cheap Where you get someone to, that, that bloke from The Sopranos Who was wishing on Doc Good luck messages A couple of years ago like The, the arse was falling out of The club The guy he from did, The Wire as well some fully viral clips um, You know uh, Usher wants us to finish Mid-table um, Pat's yeah, fan yeah, of yeah. But our squad hasn't Improved enough We'll do well to finish Eighth um, Cork City is a compelling one Yeah, yeah. Well, We're trying to discuss them um, Who has made the best signing um, Yeah Um yeah, the, who's made the best signing? Colin Whelan could be good, I think, if he if he clicks. Um, but I mean, that's that seems very obvious. You know, you're kind of waiting to see. I was right, and we'll talk with the lads about the outside recruitment. Some of these Estonians will someone stumble on a gem. Um, I I I, I was having a laugh to you about Poom in the early stages. I heard good reports about him, and in the first, like literally two minutes into the game of the Presidents' Cup, I was like, "Oh lad, this this lad can play." He did, he did very little for the kind of remaining eighty eight, but he looks a lovely technician, kind of McCann's replacement. Dan, as you commentators said. curse. Uh, yeah. a, a lot of references to when's Johnny calling the league this year. Um, this is obviously I can't uh, call it at the moment. Anyway, I think valid, uh, valid point. I'd be um, very disappointed if if it weren't a proper proper race this season all the way to the end. Pretty much Owen Riviere going into the season with no expectations as a Galway United fan it's like going through a bad breakup and not wanting to be hurt again I'm sure Johnny will agree with both are, are you uh, are you going to Galway this year uh, I do, our first game is first games away I, I feel sad I have to actually get clarity on whether we're having a match programme or not this year and that does sad me because I was looking back on old programmes this year and maybe we don't have one now because we don't have the resources or the people involved so I'll clarify that that did sadden me a bit, but I'm not involved at the moment. Uh, our first game is away against Finn. You aren't going to go and watch them at all, but we'll, we'll, we'll get an update on that. Um, very good course. squad built up. We'll oh, talk to John. You're Martin back in. That. You're back in. Absolutely good back in. Uh, questions for tomorrow. Tom Kennedy. What impact do you think the new rule changes, such as minimum wage and the option to appeal a red card, will have in the league? Um, as has been any other rule changes. Well, yeah, they are sort of significant ones. All right, the uh, minimum wage. We'll probably come back to this in more detail, but yeah, like it's it obviously puts standards on. Um, puts pressures on clubs in terms of the standard of player they're willing to sign and will they run smaller squads? Do you, does it tempt clubs to sort of say they're part-time? I mean, there's obviously uh, questions there. The option to appeal a red card, yeah, if people aren't aware, you can now appeal a red card, only a direct red card offence. Right. Um, uh, you're not like a two yellows and yeah, you, I think you have to have the appeal in by a particular period of time. Um, so... I mean, we need probably to see how that works in terms of a case study where you say this club are now appealing this. Probably if someone gets done for striking off the ball or something, and then they they can they can present the case. But that that is going to be um, this is going to be a big change. All right, um, I'm just looking towards Instagram because we have a lot of uh, more comments to get through. It's like I've been written off too early. Well, we'll probably go through some of these. I think with yeah. with Rossi and, and John Martin because um, I'm trying to see is there any other particular highlights we need to touch on here. Um, Jerry Desmond sent us a lot of questions um, Including how long will it take Johnny to start Robbing on about Galvia United Around 20 minutes To be fair but I did bring it up um, 
one kind of looking forward to Johnny writing off the hoops again. Did you write off the hoops last season? God, I don't think so. No. I mean, maybe at times we would have been critical of them around Europe and stuff. But mm. I, I thought the president's did cup. You, did no, you I suggest mean, anyone else would win the league? I, maybe you did. I don't. I don't think I did. To be fair, um, um, yeah, there's a lot of questions about dark horses for the league um, and whatnot. Um, Keith Nutley's talking about the lack of perceived big signings for the teams, but I think that's because the top clubs have been a little bit more stable and they've just been finessing their squads and adding. We will talk about a piece you had there, Irish Independence Day, as well about the the new means of getting a player tender for um, football managers. You were saying I, I thought it was fascinating, and uh, John Martin and uh, Mark Roster will have lots to talk about. <laughs> will you listen, will you? <laughs> Right, John Martin on the left, uh, Mark Roster, and I only told you, John, actually, you were on Mark Roster a few minutes ago, which is always a gamble. Remember Paul Doolan, Brian Gartland, Graham Gartland, rather, I kind of left it a bit late, turned out to be a great show. Maybe you didn't get on with Mark Roster, John, but apparently you actually have never really met before. No, and look, you waited till I gave you a lift over as well <laughs> to kind of break the news, you, so you, I don't you, know if that was a, a tactical you, on your behalf. You did offer me a lift, to be To be fair. clear, John, we did, we did want you on... Because of your qualities as a guest, <laughs> not because you would give Johnny a lift. No, that was just. A I bonus. thought you were talking to yeah. me there. Yeah. <laughs> um, I'm I'm going racing to Dundalk right after the show, so I did. The lift was very appreciated. Thanks, yeah, no Sean. Johnny on um, racing TV. Mark Johnny. Roster, what's the crack? How are you, Johnny? You well? Uh, we've lots to talk about, haven't we, Dan? We do. Uh, yeah. Well, we were actually midway through the mailbag, but there was a lot of questions in it about you know where would Bowes finish, Rovers v Derry, the title race, what are Pat signings like? I mean, I don't know. It's that time of the year where. Um, everyone's level on zero points. Everyone's full of optimism. Like what? Or maybe they're not. I don't know. Maybe one or two places they're they're not feeling optimistic. But I don't know, lads. What are we thinking about the year ahead, John? I mean, what's your sense of in, in both divisions? I think the Premier feels like a f- five twos. I think the top two is, you know, Derry Rovers. I think the bottom two is UCD Drada. I think then you got Dundalk Pats. Mm. Then you have Sligo Bows. Mm. And then you have Cork and Shells. That's, so very I, succinct I think that, that's it, we're done for the year. I, the I, 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 I agree. <laughs> I actually totally agree. So it'd just be interesting <laughs> to see if anyone can can, can, break can jump out of that. But that's like sort of feels on paper about where it's gonna land. Um and look, I know there's been loads of transfer activity and, and probably for the first year I think actually the summer window's gonna be pretty decisive for clubs, um, because there's not loads in. So I think look, if you're looking at the squads now, that's that's the way it looks to me. And it would just be a case of if, you know, the, the sort of the recruitment of some of the players we don't know, if they make a, an impact and someone can maybe jump out of their bracket. But I think that's, I wouldn't be surprised if that's where it finishes by the end of the season. Rossi, what are you thinking? Yeah, like there's there's activity like from overseas with people coming in. Um, doesn't always, I suppose, land straight away. Let's say if, if you look at Sligo, who I would have seen a lot of last year, Frank Levac took half a season really to, to find a stride. Um, so it'll be interesting to see how, I suppose, look, there's three Swedish lads come in at Cork and, and stuff like that. So to, to see who'll hit the ground running uh, will be interesting. I think that's a fair assessment about where teams would be. Um, I think Sligo will have dropped off the pace a wee bit. Losing Aidan Keane is, is huge for them. So, you know, you're looking at Max Mata, who... I suppose is going to carry the mantle there a, a little bit. Um, the striker from the Pharaohs again. Yeah, it's, it'll, it'll be interesting. But you know, losing the leading goal scorer in the league any year, Bowles struggled when when you know they lost a wealth of players and lost the leading goal scorer. But uh, I think Keane is is probably the biggest loss for for any team this year. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm plugging my own stuff, but I was, I was writing today about 
um, the what clubs are doing now. And it's particularly like below Shamrock Rovers and Derry. You have the full time clubs who probably like everyone probably here has suffered from the drain of talent to like the lower reaches of like of the English football. Uh, sort of ladder, even like over the winter, you see the likes of Rory Feely and Kieran Kelly sort of going to to League Two, and um, because they've changed the permit in in the UK, it's much harder for sort of in the, with the greatest of respect, like the lower grade European players to get in there now. And you see like a lot of a lot of Irish players in that sort of eighteen to twenty five bracket are now gone. You see last night like Promise Omashar scored again for Fleetwood. Mm. I know he's not Irish, but Phoenix Patterson with mm. the the delivery. I think Fleetwood Waterford is a very interesting um, to use our word thing that we'll probably discuss again. In Dubai, of course, in the off season, I don't know. The game was rained off. League of Ireland first division seasons definitely don't involve uh, preparations in in Dubai. Um, But what we have is um, clubs, and I know in recent years there's been a lot more of this, but it's probably even gone to another level now in terms of this overseas recruitment. And and there's a few clubs that are using this subscription service called Transfer Room, um, where you 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 pay a, a fee to go into this sort of networking site i think 650 clubs are on it did you, you come up with the tinder anomaly yourself or was it no that was yeah. i spoke Actually. loads of people comp- i won't say who who described it as tinder but they were talking about <laughs> bill holsizer at the dog <laughs> matching swiping right with everyone i think because i think the dog used to have four logins and bill had one of them so i think obviously he was on florida time so they would wake up the following morning here i think have, today, have, have had a lot of you, sex <laughs> you know i'm not I sure didn't how, know i had not sure exactly how it works but it's like you know someone has not responded to your reply or has responded to your reply because you have the facility to like if the club is a member of this site you can request information about their players you can look at their squad and you can look at their profile so players age 21 blah 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 Mm. and you can click to request information what they were going to be on barcelona or something (laughs) little messy (laughs) request information but i think like i think sliger overs are using a pats in particular, I spoke to John Russell and Tim Clancy and, and I spoke to Stephen Donald about it as well too, that it's it's a way of you can put an advertisement up and say, we need a right back, you know, we need, and, and clearly there has to be filters to make it realistic. Um, but someone else, like in the FEI circles, was saying it's more like football manager in terms of, yeah, yeah, you know, like, like filters and how yeah. it works. So um, someone else described that as LinkedIn and eBay. And, you read this this morning, and, John. Like, it's, it, it's, it's fascinating. It, it, I, I found this fascinating. I have to, I wasn't really aware of it. And I knew that, um, especially during the pandemic, managers were able to essentially assess a player without seeing them um, in the flesh. But this was, this is another level. Oh, it is. And look, it's that, it's grown massively. Like, so obviously everyone in the UK is, is using and, it's probably leads into like the game here has improved probably in loads of different areas, but recruitment to me is still the area that they're they're, they're weakest on, and you see that every time they play in Europe and any of the teams that have broken through in Europe, say it's Bulgaria or Estonia or whatever countries from, they have you know a, a sort of an eclectic mix of players from South America or or Southern Europe or different places. Where in Ireland is still being very traditional, so I think this gives them maybe an opportunity to branch out from a recruitment perspective and I don't think I think it's the major failing of of the clubs in Ireland is that sort of you know outside of the box recruitment and I think some of the like the transfer realms probably gives them a, a, a gateway into that that they, they previously didn't have so but that's the way it's going and I think it's, it's the same with look, we've, been, we've been talking to people in the UK about different recruitment things as well and you were but, telling me this in the way over that you're yeah, kind of, you're, you're, without getting maybe overly into it, this is an area you're fascinated in as well. 
Yeah, well, look, I, I think there's there's a big case in the UK at the moment about the data of, from 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 the players. Um, mm. I think Russell Slade was on on Doyle about it. No, Russell Slade's involved, um, and it's it's the players maybe taking back ownership of the data that the the clubs currently have, and you know any of those stats that we see pop up on the screen like that's 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 player data, and and, and I think there's going to be a move towards maybe players taking a bit more ownership, and I think feeding into the transfer room or a branch out of transfer room, you're going to see. More of that and ownership right. from the players. It's so like trans- accept all cookies, kind of. Um, like when you go into a website, it's like you know. Well, you're this is your, this is my information here. Like yeah, and and and, and Paul Cook, of course. Yeah, cookies. speaking Lane of cookie, cookie yeah. we've had. <laughs> yeah, look, like you, you come from a sort of like in the world of GDPR and and, yeah. and the sensitivity of data and that's very interesting. Yeah. You know, from a player's perspective, like Wise Scouts and a brilliant one. You, know, you mentioned that in yeah. your article, and Wise Scout was like you. you you couldn't run a club now without having Y Scout. It's, a, it's an incredible piece of kit. But all the data and information, that the, that's player information that's that's out there that possibly yeah, they haven't, yeah, haven't I think, consented I think to. the FBI are looking at trying to see if they can do a league-wide, I think they're doing a league-wide deal, say, for transfer room, if they can get mm. enough clubs to get on board, get a subsidised price for it. But, I mean, clearly as a recruitment tool, it's very beneficial for probably those, those full-time clubs behind the top two. I mean, further down the ladder, it's yeah. obviously, you know, how much are you going to get if you can't offer, like, a, say, a full-time contract to someone? But you never know. I suppose that's the whole thing. To be it's fair a, to it's it's like Sligo Rossi, they've been kind of outliers in the sense of always looking outside the web for years, I suppose. Yeah, and, um, like, John Russell, when he was doing his pro licence, apparently he had a lot of connections in Estonia and stuff like that. So the likes of Levac coming in, he had watched them or he'd been in touch with them for a couple of years beforehand before he came and he was a, he was a huge fan of him coming mm. um it's it's just very surreal to to read it and you know because i i like when you're playing you would have seen players coming in on trial and to be here for i'm a just thinking sorry right to cut across you you were you at bows when colonus was there yes yeah we like played against yeah. them though in in europe oh, okay. um and he was one of the standout players for for the team that we played against i can't remember off the time was it our crownus or someone like that but um he was outstanding and then a couple of months later he had signed and he, he was again he was excellent uh when he when he came in so i suppose when you're playing in europe you get to have a little look at players uh, i think at a happened with Joe and Doe a couple of years ago with them with Shells they played against Strasbourg I think and Joe and Doe performed hugely for, for Strasbourg and ended up at Shells but um, yeah. I, I, I remember Dan when Pats played um, Zim Bruchisno that time and I was thinking like could Ireland not become a gateway for players from poorer countries effectively to get to Britain um, or to get to the next level because I was thinking like anecdotally Moldova is quite a poor country um, and it's interesting interesting that maybe maybe this will become a model down the line that Ireland is a gateway to better things. Well, I think, and this is why some of these third-party services are becoming popular. Like, I mean, there's no doubt you get loads of offers. Like, you speak mm. to managers, they have hundreds upon hundreds of names put their way. But clearly, like, you get YouTube clip of someone who looks amazing, you know, and you need to be able to sort of do your due diligence properly. And I think what somebody's again like the football world is becoming smaller in a lot of ways um you can get your information quicker than even probably 10 15 years ago it would maybe a little bit more mystique around some of these players you can't go on to white scout and watch them play a 90 minute game like it's complete sort of guesswork but i think what it is as well this this ability to network with like sporting directors and loans people and recruitment is to get a real idea of the parameters around wages around you know what you know what like What's realistic probably here as well. And you talk about the gateway point, I think that's probably attractive in, in some in some cases. Um, but you have a situation of here if a player isn't EU 
um, there's there's again they need a permit here um, that comes with a certain terms and conditions about how much you pay them and they have to play a certain amount of games as well and right. it's not always complex this whole idea of say and people have spoken about it at various times about like get eight Brazilians into a club or whatever but actually in, in actuality it's it's quite difficult to do that but certainly within Europe I mean there's 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 always a lot of scope and you see it now and um, we're seeing it more and more um, that clubs are willing to loan their players here probably they're able to trust Ireland a lot more and I'm actually just curious lads I mean this is I wonder is this related John or like to the changing profile of the league too, that it's people would say um, that it's slightly more technical, more developmental. Um, people probably would have had it in their heads that some of these, and we're engaging in massive stereotypes here, but like some of these like European players, the cut and thrust of the physical league it wouldn't be for them. Whereas maybe the league is a different type of product now that that players can dip in and out of it more more easily. Yeah, like on. We'd have people over, a couple of people from, I mentioned Paul O'Brien from Wofford last time, we'd have a couple of guys over from Wofford for the, for the cup final. And they were very impressed just by the occasion and the day itself. And it's, they didn't have that perception of the league beforehand. And, mm. but I, I sort of beforehand, I was saying, look, Derry are really good. Like they've got some really, really good players and players here like Michael Duffy, who are like exceptional players in this league. Um, and I was saying, look, there is, I felt even before the game, there was a massive difference between Shells and Derry, and look, it, it played out that day. But I suppose when we were talking afterwards, the, that whole idea of, you know, the 23s football in the UK versus coming here to play, like, it, it's it's a case of, this is a much better place for them to be. And we start talking about if clubs were in Europe, and for example, if you had a, a player from a championship club playing for Shamrock Rovers, as you know, probably not Rovers, they may not need them. Yeah, but potentially got twelve to fourteen European games under their belt, which is something that they just can't get in, in the UK. So I think the European angle for the Irish clubs is is can and should be quite attractive, particularly with the with the Conference League and, and attracting players from the UK. But it's yeah, like the league has improved so much, and the, the product is starting to improve. And I think people are realizing, look, this is a good place to send players. Look, there's a reason Lincoln have sent two players. Back to Drogheda again, mm. based on her experience last year with Sean Rowan and, and the goalkeeper. It's because they know it's a really good league. They trust Kevin and the setup in Drogheda, even though they understand that that's a part time setup. They believe that the players will get a really good education here and it's a real standard for them. And this is where they now think is a, is a better home for them to send their mm. players. And that's not something that would have happened. Yeah, five, you, five years ago you get like um, seems like every day now Ross you have an email such and such has gone alone to Dundalk or to Bowes and that relationship between the British game and Ireland is evolving a lot obviously post Brexit yeah like uh, you know taking it on from the under 23s you're, you're looking at there's probably players there that feel that they shouldn't be there um, they're probably playing for fitness and it's like watching games is a little bit more standoffish you know, the, the Irish Premier League, you've got like promotion, relegation, challenging for Europe. It's going to be a lot more intense, I would have said, from a player's point of view, because there's there's a lot more to play for. Developmental squads, you're playing to either attract the team to get a move or to force your way into into so-called first team, um, whoever you're playing with. But like it, it can be great from a technical point of view, because look at the facilities, the training that you'll get in the UK. I'm not saying is a lot better. But at the minute, it's it's a far higher standard than what Ireland is at the minute. But 
you know, the trajectory in which the way the Irish league is going is is definitely a lot more attractive than it was in previous years. Yeah, I think the flip side of that, I mean, you still you still have the, the, the players who are turning 18 still moving pretty quickly. And, yeah. like, you know, the a couple of weeks back, I was out in Abbottstown. It was a, a closed doors game uh, between the Dock and Cork. But the fact is there's no doors. Um, <laughs> it's an open-air pitch. So, like, it's just an oxymoron. The idea is a closed doors fixture, you imagine. Well, I get in and you get there, you realise, well... Unless, you know, you can just block, you know, you can somehow build a human wall around it. Um, but Franco Ume was playing for Cork City. He made a handful of appearances last season. And there was Crystal Palace people where Stephen Kenny was at the game because his son was maybe potentially going to be involved, didn't come on. All sorts of people from the football world were there. Um, but uh, Franco Ume was very good. It caused a lot of problems for the dog, particularly in the first half on one side of the pitch. But he's gone. And Cork wanted to try and keep him till the summer. But the attitude of of Palace would be, you know, we want to get him into our system straight away. We want to get him in now. So that's because because well, to, to be, expo- sorry, to, yeah. to be exposed, I suppose, day to day yeah. to their facilities, their infrastructure. I mean, and look at Killian Phillips now, like he went to Palace, is now in League One of Shrewsbury. And again, it's about like, we, we aspire to the best standards at home and we have some clubs are further along the line than others, but clearly, you know, the feeling would be and not, not unreasonably, as sort of Rossi mm. alludes to that, you still have to get them into the best environment. And particularly Brown. the ones who haven't gone at 16 now. Yeah, Scott yeah. Brown. Can we, give, can we give them enough between 16 and 18 to compensate? We still really can't. Scott Brown, we're talking yeah. a lot about that at Fleetwood. And, um, sorry, what, 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 sorry, John, you were, cu- you were cutting in there. Sorry. Yeah, yeah, no, we uh, before Christmas, I was out with Owen Doyle and uh, one of the guys over from Bolton, the technical director from Bolton, and we were talking about that sort of, I was saying... If I took a young lad out of Ireland and brought him to England, I wouldn't actually send them back on loan to mm. Ireland. Mm. And they were saying, but why not? The, the league's improved. And I said, well, no, like they need a couple of years in that sort of full-time professional environment first. So it's yeah. different. Like if you're set, I'd, I'd send a, a guy who's been in the Bolton sort of setup since he's been a young lad, I'd send him to Ireland. But if they bring a lad over from Ireland at 18, actually okay. he needs a couple of years there to get used to the professionalism, the the sort of almost it is a cutthroat. There's a different world. I know you've, I've never been there, but like it, it's it's a different environment, and they need to step into that because it is a step up, and they need to get used to that. And I think they're better off actually staying in England. Where perversely, I think the English kids there who've been in the system longer yeah. need to, need well, that's, to, well, that's need to step out of it. And yeah. Rossi, that, that that's what's definitely um, intriguing me is that players have gone over here who haven't even necessarily played that much over here or haven't like shot the lights out in the League of Ireland at a young age and they are being they're taking a chance on them to bring them into that kind of system yeah but it's it's probably a case of if if you look at them and they're quite raw and stuff like that but they may have electric pace or they might have a big physique or if, if you take a goalkeeper that is six foot four six foot five and he's 17 and he's built like a shithouse like you mm. think to yourself going well we could work with him for shithouse a couple of years and well, like, like Idemo was yeah. always going to go and I mean we talked about yeah. it on here and you're like you were assessing his form for Rovers it was like he's a 18 year old striker a striker with like promising attributes like an absolute certainty to go like an absolute and you can see these players come along and you're like definitely going to go and like he was one he's got to Millwall like in mm-hmm. the end um, but these are always going to be taken on board because as he says there'll be a degree of respect for the system here but they'll sort of go we can we can 
do more. And with all due respect to my like white Catholic upbringing, I think the changing DNA of young players is definitely attractive as well. I think I, I genuinely do think that. I think if you have young kids with like um kind of that have come through the system and have those attributes that you were mentioning, Rossi, I think they will take a chance. But I am looking at some of the players. I'm like, he hasn't achieved that much yet. You're yet. looking at it completely. Yeah. In the like these kids previously would have gone at 16. Yeah. In some cases, anyway, and you you you're sort of assessing it, thinking that it's like a 25 year old is the player of the season. It's like no, it's that's. Mm. Not, that's not how they'll see it and we have to get I, I actually enjoy I welcome the discussion now that happens when Franco Ume went or Matany that we talked earlier about before you came on about like disclosure of fees and wages and stuff I actually think it's not a bad thing now that every time a player moves people kick up a little bit of a fuss over the, the fee or the clause I understand the reasons why the clauses are small. I don't like it, but I, I know where it mm-hmm. comes from. Again, it comes back to we're trying to offer young lads, in some cases, full-time contracts here in 100 quid a week. Like, what's the value of their contract? And then you want, what, 2 million for them? Like, you know, clearly not. But um, I actually think that's... What we see is more stories in the press now. Every player at 18 who goes to a, a club is it. pretty much a news story. Ipswich mm-hmm. took a couple of lads the last day of the window, and that's a little bit of, like, filling numbers in their academy. But generally, they're mm-hmm. bigger... Uh, stories and whereas previously you know, loads of them went at 16 and there's no fanfare at all like, you know, like you just, sort of 30 or 40 could go in a year and would now, wouldn't be a single column inch on any of them unless it's like a, a Robbie Brady or a Connor Clifford or a Connor Masterson or, or something like that or young Mark Rossiter you know like these ones who, who are flagged from like a really early age so I think it's a good thing but I mean it stimulates the, the discussion we should have about the environment we have here, which underpins everything around Irish football. Well, on that, John, yeah. Everything. Yeah. The, 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 what is the environment? Where are our academies? Where Where is the football industry, so to speak? Well, look, like I mentioned the last time, like Rovers are, are doing in, incredible work, and but it's it's been led by them with very little assistance. And look, the benchmark, the UEFA benchmarking came out there two days ago, um, and there's three... Yeah, leagues in Europe that don't have a TV deal Ireland Belarus and Kazakhstan like and straight away you're thinking wow like you know out of all the nations and like you, you might have a country like Croatia and they get 5 million in TV revenue like and mightn't mean anything to Dynamo Zagreb but everyone else in Croatia that actually could pay for something you know pretty pretty substantial and in here the clubs are really you know they're really on their own. Like they're not really getting any assistance, and until they do, they won't thrive. Um, and that's the that's the kind of bottom line. They're always going to yeah. be behind. Yeah. Um, just to bring it back, I suppose, to the preview team, uh, Rossi. I mean, it's a simple question. Like, can, can Derry do it? Can Derry upset Shamrock Rovers four in a row? Yes, definitely. Um, it'll be it'll be interesting. Look, at it, it's. With key players, it's a little bit of luck, um, you know, that you don't get major injuries to key players within your squad, let's say. But, you know, if if you could keep a fit Patrick McElhenney for the whole season against a fit Jack Byrne for the whole season, um, two of them playing to the, to the height of their powers, it'd be a very interesting league because, like, Jack is head and shoulders, probably the most talented player in the league on his day. Um, but Patrick, Patrick's ability is second to none. He's probably the most talented player I've seen in the league in the last 20 years, let's say. Mm. Um, 
So can they do it? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so who's more talented than Sorry, McElhinney or Jack Byrne? Yeah, there's a bit of a talent yeah. sort of... Uh, different, different. Like you're looking at Jack missed half the season and still had the most assists in the league. Um, but I think in the latter part of the league, you know, Patrick Patrick is a, is a game changer on his own. Um, it'll, be, it'll be an interesting one for Derry when Whelan gets fit, you know, to push McGonagall up top. Um, I think I think at UCD him Carrigan and Duffy the three three boys up top were were deadly and for them to lose the three of them um, but Whelan you know who's probably going to go to the UK you would have assumed and to tear his cruciate is is unfortunate but um, he'll like if he comes back and he's fine he'll start for Derry you know or he'll push McGonagall to start and he's a goal machine mm. so if they create chances he'll. I don't think Derry would hold on to him for too long, to be honest, if he comes back and he's he's firing on all cylinders. But uh, can they do it? Absolutely. I suppose the sign of O'Reilly as well, lads, was like Adam O'Reilly was, um, if you're reading into what Derry are saying, there are a lot of clubs after me, I've gone to Derry, they've a bit of clout here. Yeah, I think with Derry, again, a lot is going to rest on Europe. Like mm. Rovers had 14 European games last year, so 14 doubleheaders, and Derry had two. Mm. Rovers still done them by 13 points. So... You know, if Rovers get group stages again and if Derry don't go too far, you know, you give much more of a chance to Derry in that. But if, if you know, and it's hard, it's going to be harder for Derry to progress because, you know, obviously Rovers have the, the champions path. But, you know, if Derry have a few extra games in Europe, you know, then I think I think that might balance out. But it depends. If Rovers get group stages, then I think it's going to be a lot tighter this year. It's, it's sort of like, you know, it's like a court case and you can make your arguments for either side. It's like 13 points last season, but and what if Michael Duffy had been fit all season or you can, you can find something, you know, to, 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 to support your argument. I mean, Rovers, I mean, are they in some ways uh, like a year older this year? Like they were reliant on some um, quite experienced players, but they freshened it up a bit. I mean, that's, and I think it's clear their recruitment in some ways has been a bit freshening up their squad. Like Johnny Kenny, I don't, I mean, as a Sligo man who spent his whole career playing for clubs in Dublin, uh, almost, you can't take too much of a, of a stance on Kenny, but like, I know it's a bit of a sore one for people in, 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 in Sligo are going to see him playing for the Shams this year, but what does he bring to them potentially? Do you know, he, um, Look at anybody who would remember his dad, let's say. He doesn't have the blistering pace of Johnny Sr. But Johnny's knack of getting in the right place at the right time to score goals. You see it for the Ireland U teams and stuff like that. He he just scores goals. Um, he's relentless up top. He pressures defences. Um, like coming back, let's say. So he's only left the League of Ireland and he's gone to Celtic. Had a, had a loan move within Scotland. Um, and I think a lot of people would have expected him to come back on loan to Sligo. But... Um, you know, if if you're putting your taking your heart out of the equation and thinking with your head, I think it's a wonderful move. He's training with better players day in day out. He's going to improve and evolve as a player. And if he's playing for overs, he'll get a lot of chances. Um, so I think look at you know Sligo fans won't be happy with me saying it, but he's to me like he's he's made a better career choice for going forward. Mm. You know, if if he plays and he's successful this year. He could easily probably go into the Celtics Celtics first team squad when he goes back. Yeah, and I think obviously your parent club will obviously have a big influence on where they want you to go. I yeah, would have absolutely. thought on loan too, and that's the, the better fit. The so biggest one for me down with Derry and Rovers, Derry head-to-head last season um, don't have much to fear from Rovers. Head-to-head, they're almost everybody as good as them. It's, you know, the aspect of travel as well. Their games, have they have to travel more. Will they be able to sustain it right to the end? But it, it, I'd be amazed if there isn't a proper title race. Yeah, I think the problem with Derry, though, like people, again, 
cliche oh, Brandywell tough place to go actually their home form yeah, is a big problem doesn't suit them. the surface is terrible that's the other thing sorry, the surface yeah. is terrible the record in Dublin last year was actually extremely good mm. so you can talk about that travel aspect but sometimes they're a better team on, better on, grass, on the yeah. road so what about that second two as you put it then like Pats and, and Dundalk I mean I feel like Pats could do okay this year mm. um, and like Dundalk I mean, they were in a title race for a point last season until like Huben and Daniel Kelly really got injured and their small squad is probably a concern and, and there's a little bit of the unknown with some of the players they brought in, but I don't know, you look at Pats and Jake Morani has come in from the MLS. I mean, Derry were in for him. That's one where the top two didn't get the player that they wanted. Like, Pats made a play for him. Um, I don't know, John. Yeah, like, they, no, they've I do. I like Pats. Pa- yeah, no, but Pats is the one I'd have the, the sort of, you know, a, a good feeling about. And I think it was like Doyler said it to me. They got more points last year than they had the previous season. Mm. And, you know, probably I was a bit surprised. I, I, you know, that took me by surprise. I don't know, because they won the Cup the previous year, so it was a much better season. But they finished strong. And I think the likes of Owen himself, like he, as he was saying to me, he spent the first half of last year just traveling back and forth to the UK. And, you know, when, when, when he was fully settled here in Ireland, second half of the season, he was really good. And I think only one other player got more goals than him. Um, Second season for Mark Doyle as well. Tommy you know, Lonergan as well. Like, and know. Tommy was like the reason UCD stayed up. Um, and he'll, it's different. Tommy's coming in, but he'll work with Owen as well. And he'll have a mentor in Owen as opposed to a rival. And I think that can only be good. And then I said Tim assigned a couple of people, I think via transfer rooms that are slightly unknown. Yeah. But the Timmermans and, 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 and these likes did really well last year. So Pat's could be the one. Yeah, Crida, Crida, I'm not sure how to pronounce the Estonian midfielder. When you look at some of these lads, they've got quite a few caps. Again, like we talk about Estonian internationals, but Levak is like 25 caps, then Crida is like 21 caps, and he's quite young. So, 23, yeah. Yeah, so they're, they're, like they, are, they do seem to have a bit of pedigree, the, the big centre. I think with Pats, the key is they've brought in some defenders, and they conceded more goals than the other top four teams last year um, and I think uh, is it Noah Lewis they've brought in who they've only got because he couldn't get into the UK with the, the Brexit mm. as we mentioned yeah. and he's like ex-Fionard Academy he's 6'4 but some of these like they can click or they don't and that's the thing you know you, where are you on that Rossi yeah the there's, well I'm actually well I'm curious about on yeah. that with Pats but also Dundalk then because mm. you I know you do a bit of work doing some of the Dundalk games co-commentary and you'd know Stephen O'Donnell well uh, again he's pretty much um, gone to England and Scotland I think for his new names this season not necessarily recruiting from around the league so what do you think about them? Um, the squad size is going to be difficult for them to sustain any kind of potential title challenge definitely um, as you said about Pat Holman when he when he got injured, the, f- the fell away a little bit. I, I'd nearly throw Bowes in that mix as well. Like I, I would have said that they've recruited well. I'm curious. I was going to bring on to Bowes because they are a little bit of a like they've got Pat Fennan's back at the club. Dave Henderson, is the manager. Yeah. Dave Henderson, Gary Cronin has gone in as a full time number two. Uh, head of youth. So there's a lot. To, yeah, there's, there's a lot happening at Bowes. You kind of wonder. There's a lot happening. Is it going to happen this year as opposed to? You know, will you see the benefits of some of that down the line? I don't know. Well, huge for them, I suppose, is Buckley coming back from Oz. Um, you know, like he was probably the mainstay player, probably, you know, when, when they lost the cup final. He, uh, yeah, he was huge for them. Uh, everything, like he, he's been there for, Jesus, is probably coming into his 13th or 14th year at this mm. stage, with a year out. Um, he'll, he'll be big for them. Dylan Connolly's going to be a, a marquee signing. You know, because you're looking at he in preseason, he's played games and he's played in the ten, which would associate him being a, a winger because he, Jesus, he catch pigeons like he's he's so quick. But playing in the ten, 
he's developed as a player and he could be very dangerous. The, Has he? The, yeah, I'm interested in that actually. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Like I, I seen balls against Pats in in the AUL and they beat them three one. Um, they'd played a game that day as well, you know. But like the signing of Paddy Kirk, I would have said outside of Andy Lyons. Was probably the best fullback in the he league had, last I think year. He had you know? good options. Uh, yeah. other clubs. Yeah, were yeah, yeah. Paddy Kirk yeah. is a big sign, and Dylan Conley, and and then Buckley coming back as well. So it'll be interesting to see. I know defensively they've lost a lot of players. So you know they've Casper uh, signed the Polish Polish, Polish guy. Shirt, yeah, yeah. The, the, he's, he's Rob Cornwell had been training with them a bit and and been involved. I know he has a contract in America, and I think. I think we'll see him back at Bowes at some stage, yeah. maybe not in this window. Yeah, but like the, defensively, it'll be the issue for them. But, you know, Talbot fitting goals, one of the best keepers in the league. Um, yeah, they, they'll they'll be probably the, the outsiders, let's say. But I would have said, like, you know, the likes of Pats, Pats Dundalk, and uh, Bowes would be the ones. So you have Slugger Rovers maybe down in the next bracket? Yeah, I would have put them in shells, probably shells, in the yeah. same echelon there, mm. really, to be honest. And and that'd only be because, you know, trying to replace Keane is going to be huge for them. I know they've got John Mann back. Um, Buckley's going to be out for another couple of months when he tore his cruise ship. But they've kept Pinecker, John Mann, and, uh, and Buckley there. So you're going to have competition for places at, at centre back. So. Yeah, it'll be it'll be an interesting one. I'd have a question mark over Sligo at the minute, but um, like hopefully, hopefully Russell can get it right and they can. Yeah, I think Cork is the one that, that they bring like a huge interest in terms of their fan base. But again, like recruitment wise, I think I think what what has changed now in the league the last couple of years, and even probably for someone like for Sligo Rovers and possibly even Dundalk as well, there's actually so much full time options, so many full time options available for players in the Dublin area that you sort of have to pay that premium, as John Russell put it, to bring them out of Dublin. Like, you know, think about Sligar Rovers within the league were able to bring in uh, Mark Quigley and Jason McGuinness. Like, they couldn't dream of bringing in the equivalent players now in the league in terms of where they would stand in the Irish players. Um, and that is um, that is another factor, I think, and in, in, in they're looking outside because in Dublin, if you're a, a promising player in Dublin... You've got so much on your doorstep. Yeah, like and Cork is really interesting because I, like, I was at Longford in the mid two thousands, and you know Cork took Dave Mooney and Pat Sullivan out of Longford. Yeah, but I think I remember at the time there wasn't much around Dublin for the for the two lads to choose from. So actually moving them to Cork was a really nice option, and and they did really well. But I I would have thought now that there's probably a reluctance for lads to come out of Dublin to go down to Cork, and that's seen in the profile of the players that they've signed that they're not getting. You know, they're not competing with Pats or Bows for a Dublin-based pro anymore. And that's probably, there's a financial reality yeah. to that as well. So they've gone outside. So that's, I think it's going to be really interesting on Cork. They were very solid last year without being spectacular. They they kind of built that, winning that league on on that sort of defensive solidity. Um, the young managers as well are a year older. So you've Colin Healy coming in to join this list of interesting sort of young characters. Yeah, look, it's it's, it's like most teams coming up though with goals and, mm. and, and whether they can find enough goals to, to compete. And that's why... Having sort of watched them last season now, it's like the level that they're at would be way, way below what would be required to... Like, they'd be they'd be at best like finishing above the top two, I think. Above the, above the bottom two rather. Um, it depends on the signings, maybe. Yeah, well, look, and the, the the difference between the first division and the Premier is colossal. Mm. Like it's it's huge, and it's it's again, it's the grind. It's there's no easy games in the Premier, and like, you know, they'll go to a draw or a UCD, and they won't. They're not gimmies. Like they're going to mm-hmm. be really difficult. So I think that's why I think they'll pick up enough points. I think they'll be fine. And Turner's I think that's class is going to be rock. Yeah, I, there's that. been very mixed vibes yeah. in Cork in pre-season. Yeah, but then, I suppose thinking, I mean, last year the Dundalk were terrible in pre-season in terms mm. of their results and. 
the real thing is like whatever six thousand people in Turner's Cross on on Friday, and and that's that's actually it, you know. And and this is you can be doing stuff with a plan to peak, but again, they are they are a little bit reliant on new players to the league in certain departments and hoping that they click just the first division we should we have to talk about that john you weren't in for any gigs in the first division over the winter or were you in discussions anywhere or a bit of a um, knowing smile there well no look i think most people know i spoke to longford and, and that's that's probably goes back to obviously i played there for a long time and a really good relationship with them um i have to say they got a much better manager than me <laughs> in the end are you interested in like we've spoke to you before about different things around football but does that actual the management thing still appeals to you, that side of it. Look, I was saying this to Johnny earlier, it appeals to you in, in the kind of, like it probably appeals to anyone who watches football. I think, gee, I wouldn't mind having a go at that. I could I could do that. Um, for me, like when I when I boiled it down and looked at the reality of it, then it was it was a no. It's 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 not for me. Um, now or ever? Probably ever. Um, and I think because it's, well, one, it's a full-time job. You know, when I, I said I've said the last time I was on with the likes of Kevin, and I, I don't know how they do it. I don't know how any of the first division managers do it. Um, but no, for me, like I think I was a good coach, a good coach in, in Longford, and, and I know a good bit about the game. But like I do look, and you have to compare. I do look at the managers in the league, the Higgins, the Bradleys, and and the the Tims and and the Kevins. I think well, I'd have to invest a huge amount of time, energy, and effort to get to even the level they're at, and that's probably not something I'm, I I would like to do. I think. I have a preference for for sort of off the field activities and looking at the club in a whole as opposed to being on the training pitch. But anyone who played loves being on the training pitch. Like oh, Rossi smiling there, you miss the training ground. So, but that's probably not the a good enough reason to just become a manager because you'll be standing on the touch. I think Longford and Kerry first game of the season, and and you know. No part of me wants to be in Kerry on the touchline. It's cold on Friday, but I, but still, like I, I take the point. Like there's going right. to be, like it's a it's a slog at that level, and it's a yeah. sort of a passion and I, passion I, project as much as a. Well, Longford, I wouldn't have spoken to any other club, but, but Longford is more because it, there's a relationship there going back a long time, and it's more out of almost like you know the relationship we have there that it's worthwhile having a conversation to see. But look, it wasn't something that we. What about yeah, you, Rossi? Pursued. Then. Well, you, like, I, I was no. saying this to John the way over as like football manager God like I used to and then when when I'm doing a report in a game and I see like somebody the manager getting on the bus to take a four hour journey down the road on a Friday night after losing one nil I'm like how did they do this ah but look you know if if it's in you you don't know any different really to be fair you're looking at the young managers have come straight from playing effectively into that if if you look at Higgins he was the analyst for Stephen Kenny initially and then he went in as assistant manager and, and takes the manager's job after the, the Irish stint so John Russell fairly similar Stevie O'Donnell the same so it's kind of it's organically happened for them if, if you've got stuff outside of football um, it probably makes it a little bit more difficult to, to do that that's why like Kevin Darty full-time job um, as well as being the manager as well it's a lot more difficult. Yeah, you well, say that, sorry, Dan, the two of you actually have good jobs. Does that kind of give you clarity? It's like, I'm not in this, I'm not in the football for the money. So, like, why would I do it? Yeah, but it's 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 one of them. Like, if, if as I said, if you, if you organically go that way from being player to doing your badges and, and going in as an assistant or something like that and become somewhat successful, you know, if you have your own ideals, you, you want to put your own stamp on it 
on a team and, and see where it takes you. Um, like you're looking at with Brads are having opportunities to go to the UK, Rory Higgins during the season as well. There's, it's not just players that clubs are looking at now, it's managers as well. Yep. So, yeah. And with the pedigree, let's say Colin Healy's successful career as a, as a professional Irish international, you know, stuff like that. If he, if he starts making waves with, with Cork this year or grows on it year on year, it could be an option for him because he understands the professional yeah, game and yeah. what's, you know, what's expected of you as a, as a player Dan and, did and, ask, and stuff like Dan that. Dan did ask about the first division. No, no, well, yeah, I'm well. just curious because like, the, the first division, we talk about the young managers, but actually in, in the first division this year, it's been people in a sort of different age bracket, like Stephen Henderson making a making a comeback. James Keddy, James Keddy sort of kicking off as a, as a manager, um, reasonably old by the standards of like where other people got jobs in the league. Um, as you mentioned, Ollie Horgan going in with, with, with John Caulfield at Galway, which you haven't still confirmed if you're boycotting the games or not. <laughs> uh, still no, I'm not boycotting. Yeah, okay, that, that's gone, just to be clear, yeah. that's gone. But it is... Um, it's a slight change. Um, I mean, you've got Shane Keegan back at Cove, who's um, still young enough, but has been around the block for a while, if you know what I mean. Well, so Waterford not getting... Uh, it's all it's actually it's Dave Rogers, first Dave Rogers at Finn Harps as well. Yeah. Like, I actually don't know. The first division, to me, we'll talk, we'll talk more about Kerry, because I'm going to enter Kerry, so we'll reflect on that next week, and maybe they're a little bit different in terms of the expectations, but I was speaking to people involved in the first division, and okay, it's a clear ex- expectation that Waterford and probably Galway should be should be up there. Bray have recruited quite well. Um, Wexford, Wexford. Well, like John, you, know, you, you uh, yeah, I think Wexford, by your knowledge coming yeah. over here, Wexford have recruited really, really well. Yeah. And, and and even um, James, obviously being at Longford, like he took a couple of the young boys at Longford, like said Ben Lynch and 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 young Dunn, the centre half, who were a little bit under the radar, but these are going to be really, really good players. They, you know, they banked thirty odd games on last year. Um, Ethan Boyle, I think, is a huge signing. Um, for Wexford as first division standard. So I spoke about the last time for a part-time experienced player in the first division who can play at the back. I think he's... I like the way they've gone for local players as well, like him. Yeah, you know? uh, huge. Um, so, yeah, I think, look, the top two are the top two. You think most. so, yeah? Yeah, it's, and I think Waterford, if Waterford aren't clear, I think they will have players dropped in, League One type players dropped in, 100%. in, yeah. in July. John yeah. Walters is like the, the, the jewel director mm, of football. Yeah. I mean, you see there was a bunch of Waterford fans over at the Fleetwood game last night as part of their partnership they're in Dubai playing people might listen just to talk about Dubai that came through the owners and, and they own a club out there called Fleetwood United um, one of the games was rained off ironically you go to Dubai but the the point is that like they have the, the same, they're not they going to take any chance I don't yeah. see them taking any chances whatsoever mm. come that's interesting the, the whole I, I, multi-club I model is, yeah. is um, it's a case study I mean it's it's like if the Waterford Fleetwood thing works in some ways, I think I think a lot of the you hear other clubs looking at investment here. Again, it's related. I think other clubs are maybe other entities, other groups are looking at Ireland as a potential option to do something like that. I I, I, I really want, like Galway United squad by the way. I think um it's going to be a, a really really fascinating first vision. I think the the Wexford Bray new managers and that the squads have developed. I I think Waterford's not going um, up has made this. I, it's going to be a cracking first vision with Kerry coming in and the revival at Cove as well. Um, what do you make of it, Rossi? Briefly, probably Brendan Clark is the sign. Oh, of what, the, a, what a, honestly, yeah. You know, they they lost their keeper to shells and got Brendan Clark. Um, so they've upgraded hugely. You know, um, with the experience that he brings. Like I, I was talking to him in the AUL. You know, they were playing a game against. I think they were playing Bowles, but. Um, 
you know, like physically you look at him and he's in as good a shape as I've ever seen him, you know, so... He's a top keeper. Bringing, bringing that experience, you know, he's, he's won everything in the league. So bringing that to the dressing room, it'll, it'll help all the young lads, let's say. You know, if Walshy, uh, the UFC fighter, left back up front, if he, can, if he can pop up with the same amount of goals as he did last year... It's what a treaty we never we always get abused for not treaty signed treaty. Colin Kelly I mean this is destined to be another uh, ex-Galway player who's, who'll thrive elsewhere I, I think he's a player that um, you know a treaty treaty are going to be not going to win the league I think but they're going to be there for the playoffs I think and and John just another thing briefly the, the return of the season pass as well means essentially if you buy your everyone has access to these games though you can watch the first division anytime you want yeah look I'd, I would have watched the, a lot of the first division last year as well and, and like like long for playing on a Saturday night, you, you know, if you want to get a game, you'd watch it. Mm. So, yeah, look, going back to Treaty, like they lost Jack, I think is a big loss, the goalkeeper, mm. obviously going back to Longford. Um, but it's going to be a funny one. No one was saying about Trinity, but then when a couple of games to go, they're going to be probably there, thereabouts for a playoff spot. Um, Trinity as well. That's this a new entity, is this? Holy Trinity FC. They'll be in the third <laughs> tier when it yeah. comes along. Um, but if you keep but, in the current fit, do you know, he's guaranteed goals. Into Curran and Col- like Colin Kelly could be the skull. There could be, yeah, but yeah. the way you're talking, there could be any amount of teams in the playoff, one hundred percent in the general playoff picture. John, I just want to mention um, passing a Theo Dunn yeah. this week um, for someone like yourself who came through, um, you know, the UCD world. I mean, he's a huge figure in the game yeah, from really a football sad. family as well. Yeah, really, really sad. And 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 I got a couple of the ex UCD lads on to me, Ali McNally, and and, and obviously the brother and. You know, a couple of other lads that we played, and we all felt the same. We just, we loved Theo, like you know, Theo. Whereas we were there with the doc, and the doc was maybe a bit more intimidating. But Theo was like your dad, and mm. he was just very, very kind man, but knew the game inside out. Mm. Uh, you'd love seeing him then in different years. And I was genuinely upset when you see the message online. It's like you, Theo's the type of the guy you thought just would be around forever. Yeah. Anyway, so. Look, yeah, like I'm massively grateful for everything he did for me and he was there right at the start in UCD and he did the same for my brother. He did the same for hundreds and hundreds of, of players. Um, so yeah, a massive loss and a, a brilliant character um, mm. and, a, and a brilliant football family. And look, even my dad would have known Theo going back and, and from, from the 60s and the 70s. And look, the, I think the only one of the reasons I ended up in, in, in UCD was I was playing for Crumlin United. And my dad went to mass on the on the Sunday morning for the game, and he bumped into Theo, <laughs> and he said, "What are you doing here?" Well, John's playing up in Crumlin. I oh, should come to UCD, and you know, and that's how that that, simple, that started. Simple. And and no transfer know, room there. No transfer room. room. <laughs> I know. Well, look, pre pre Holy in, Trinity, pre internet as <laughs> that's well. Lovely. So. That's a lovely story. And of course, his son Tommy was sacked by Go United, who've never really recovered well, from that. Like um, but the football family is incredible. Yeah, you've got Tommy Dunn. You've got Richard Dunn. You've got Tony Cousins. Mm. You've got now you've got the next generation. You've got uh, Gavin Malloy and Evan Caffrey. You know, yeah. so it's um, class. It's quite a gathering of of people. What are you up to this season, League of Ireland wise? How will you will you be? Uh, Getting in games here and there. Ah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, you miss it hugely when, you know, we were at games, let's say you do it all the time, but I mean, I was at games every weekend and such a void in your life when you're not going on a Friday night. You miss it. It, it was true. like, true. you know, we, we spoke about it before. It seemed like the, the game, everybody was enthusiastic post-COVID coming back to get to go to games, you know. And it's the it's atmosphere. Stage. Yeah, it has. And it's it's wonderful. You, you look at... Johnny, are you, going going to, to, are you going to Pat's bit of Rascals on Friday before the game? Uh, bit Pat, of Pat, it probably, there's a bit of an off-the-ball gig on Thursday. Uh, I don't know if you've been to Rascals in Inchicore. Um, it's, it's in a kind of a place you wouldn't expect a brewery to be. Really, really cool place. 
So it might have been an off the ball gig there then maybe well, Thursday. I'm going to Pats now. I thought you I'm going to Pats on Friday then. Oh, um, yeah. I made the joke like, sure, wh- why would I go home? Sure, Rascal's just down the road like to the RT lads. I like, should just, you know, yeah. skip kipping the floor somewhere. But uh, You're in Pats. Okay. Pats Derry, like, so the, that you think that's sold out. There's going to be just, I'm really looking forward to it actually. Just really looking forward to it and I'll probably end up in Terryland as well. Obviously at some stage. Yeah. Where, where will you be over the course of the season? I like you going down to UCD. Um, it's a great place to go down on the Friday nights, and it's um, down at Morgan. I, I was, I was uh, afraid of crowds. I used to go to UCD games. Yeah, but look, even at that now, and and with the way the game has gone, like like Bowles brought a Bowles Rovers is mm. Pats. Like the Dublin clubs bring huge numbers down to UCD on the Friday night. And the job actually, Andy Myler did, I swear to God, like un- unbelievable. Yeah, look, I yeah, I I think like most people, you they. I didn't see. I think I was at the. They played Shells in Talca Park. I don't know. It was just before, just after the break, mm. and Kerrigan was playing. But it was one of his last games, and Whelan was out. And I thought these have no chance, you know, because they just they looked. They were short on confidence. They were short mm. on goals, and you know they they stayed like not stayed up comfortably, but the running and the results they had, and then even the the manner in which they beat Waterford in the playoff was was so yeah. impressive. Do we get the Do we get a season preview for champions from the lads? Why not? Sure. Who wins the league? Uh, I think Rovers will win it again. Shamrock Rovers, that is. Rovers. Dan? Uh, yeah, I think I think Rovers. I think John's point about Europe is very valid, and I think Derry will go way closer this year. I'm just just going to go for Rovers. I mean, it's not original. They're the favourites, right? What do you uh, think? Exactly the same, yeah. But I, same. I think it'll be close. Yeah. And who'll finish bottom? Um, I mean, you have to say uh, UCD, don't you? But then it it should be UCD, yeah. And I think Drada, as much as they're very very low on resources, I think they, they did so well last season. Uh, yeah. Um, who'll win the first division? Waterford. <laughs> the interesting point you make but, about they'll have the resources. But the, the beauty of like it's Wednesday morning, right? We're recording <laughs> this. Like just press releases in the last like ten minutes. You know, statement to FAI in the Markets Field incident last year from oh, the yeah. Waterford Galway. Um, the report found that the incident did not occur due to malicious activity nor a structural stand issue, but accidental excessive force contributed to the damage of the seats. Um, <laughs> I'm not. This is just a view. I'm not making. We're not passing any comment on this. Um, Following the conclusion of the 2022 season, a safety and security conference took place with all relevant club personnel. Um, the FEI are currently reviewing all stadium certificates for the 2023 season and will add additional inspections where high risks are identified. And then 11.05 a.m., just all this news just can't stop. Galway United press release, Ibrahim Keita signs for I, 2023. I, I knew that, yeah. So, oh, very good. You didn't yeah. tell us earlier. Yeah. 27-year-old French striker, uh, but of course he played for Oregon at Finn Harps. He's had spells in Greece and Slovakia. His last previous club was Czech Republic side Bohemians Prat in 1905. Textbook League of Ireland side. Textbook Ali Horgan signed yeah. as well. And uh, ex- well, a- hashtag accidental, ex- excessive, ac- accidental excessive force. Is that right? <laughs> you need to work on snappier hashtag. Hashtag yeah, accidental yeah, excessive yeah, force. Yeah. Who wins the first division, Rossi? Um, for qu- continuity in the squad, I'll go for Galway. I think Galway United actually. Oh yeah, I really like our squad, Dan. You're not you're not a first division aficionado, which is fair no, enough. You, you don't get to that. I'm going to first division game on Friday. You are one more than Kerry. you are. Uh, I I think Watford. I think Watford. Uh, I think I have a strong reason for saying it, but I think what John says is right. I think that they are there's even the caliber of some of the players that Fleet would have dropped in there. Like these have been involved at sort of first team level with Fleetwood, so mm. I think that relationship could bear fruit. I think as well what you're seeing as well. 
um, didn't bring in Dean McMenemy from Shamrock Rovers I think yeah, Waterford really other clubs are looking uh, other players sorry will probably look at the Waterford Fleetwood route as a as a, as yeah. a method to get to DK so Fleetwood, Wood, that'll, Wood, Fleetwood. that will benefit them um, lads thanks a million for coming on I think we'll it's safe to say we'll have both of you on at some stage uh, throughout the next uh, particularly if you give him a lift uh, <laughs> <laughs> We've uh, we've Stephen Kenny booked for Wednesday. No, but John Martin said he'd give me a lift. Like so. <laughs> no. Stephen, can you pick me up? Can you pick me up at nine o'clock? <laughs> um, yeah, we love Ireland to talk about as well, lads. Thanks a million again, Rossi and uh, John thanks, Martin. Thanks, um, Dan is going to Kerry, and I'm going to Inchicore uh, this week. It's great to be back.